Welcome to this episode of Sound Bites, a podcast series produced by the National Psoriasis Foundation, the nation's leading organization for individuals living with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. In each episode, someone who lives with psoriatic disease, a loved one, or an expert will share insights with you on living well. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe to our podcast and join us every month at SoundBites for more insights on understanding, managing, and thriving with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. My name is Corinne Pettit, and joining me today for a discussion about gut tate psoriasis, which is often associated with streptococcal infections, is dermatologist and dermapathologist Dr. Stephen Feldman, who is a professor of dermatology and pathology and public health sciences at the Wake Forest School of Medicine, as well as the director of the Psoriasis Treatment Center at Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Dr. Feldman specializes in psoriasis treatment and has made significant contributions to the understanding of dermatologic healthcare delivery, from demonstrating the quality of medical dermatology services, to defining the role of dermatologists, to assessing cost-effectiveness of dermatologic treatments. Dr. Feldman is a member of the National Psoriasis Foundation's Medical Board and in 2019 received the Foundation's Outstanding Educator in Psoriatic Disease Award. Per Expertscape.com, Dr. Feldman is rated as the number one expert on psoriasis in the world. Welcome, Dr. Feldman. It's an honor to have you on Soundbites today. So let's first start our discussion of gut tate psoriasis by defining what it is. What are the typical characteristics of gut tate psoriasis? First, let me just say it's an honor to be here and thanks for including me. Guttate psoriasis refers to a form of psoriasis in which there's little small drops, drop-like plaques of psoriasis that pop up over large areas. Usually it's on the, at least the chest, the abdomen, and the back. It can be on the extremities some too. This form of psoriasis often comes up suddenly in a person who has had little to no psoriasis before. And how prevalent is guttate psoriasis and who's more likely to experience guttate psoriasis? We don't know what the prevalence of guttate psoriasis is. It's relatively small compared to the prevalence of typical plaque-type psoriasis. The people who get guttate psoriasis are usually young people, late teens, maybe in their 20s, people who've only had a little bit or no psoriasis in the past and who suddenly develop it. And can guttate psoriasis occur concurrently with other types of psoriasis? And if so, what types of psoriasis occur with guttate psoriasis? Guttate psoriasis can occur with other forms of psoriasis. If somebody has a lot of plaque-type psoriasis already, we just call them plaque-type and we wouldn't refer to it as guttate psoriasis. But if somebody had like a little bit of scalp psoriasis, maybe some psoriasis in their ears, maybe some signs of psoriasis in their nails, they could have a, a sudden outbreak of guttate disease. So could guttate psoriasis be confused with other diseases that look similar in appearance? And if so, could you provide examples? Oh, yes, absolutely. Guttate psoriasis can be mimicked by certain other diseases. One of the more common ones is pityriasis rosea, another condition where people get red scaly spots that come up all of a sudden all over their trunk. Secondary syphilis could look like guttate psoriasis. Of course, that's much less common. So in addition to strep infections, which we know is a trigger for guttate psoriasis, are there any other triggers that flare the disease? Yes, we think of guttate psoriasis as being a sudden flare-up of psoriasis in somebody who's predisposed to having psoriasis. And so while strep infection is the one that's thought to be most closely associated with guttate psoriasis, other infections 
other upper respiratory tract infections could cause a flare. So we've talked about what gut taste psoriasis is. How about treatment options? What could a treatment plan for gut taste psoriasis look like? So the treatments for gut taste psoriasis are very similar to the treatments for plaque type psoriasis. The big difference being that many patients who have a gut taste flare of psoriasis, when you clear it up, they tend to stay clear as they were before they had the flare of gut taste psoriasis. So the treatment can be much shorter than the typical lifelong treatment for typical plaque psoriasis. Because gut taste psoriasis involves so many little spots over such large areas, topical therapy just isn't practical. Ultraviolet light treatments would be a great way to treat gut taste psoriasis or a short course of some kind of internal medication like a methotrexate or a biologic. Yeah, so it sounds like you would agree with that topical corticosteroids are not a viable treatment option. Typically not. Topical steroids might be helpful to use on the, there was a, one plaque that was worse than the others. If somebody really wanted just to put topicals on their skin, perhaps they could. They'd need a bucket of the topical. No, no tube is going to be sufficient to cover the body enough to control guttate psoriasis. So for the vast majority of people with guttate disease, I would say topical steroids are not a viable treatment option. You mentioned phototherapy earlier. How effective is phototherapy as a treatment for guttate psoriasis? I don't have good statistics on it, but my general impression is that phototherapy is a great treatment for guttate psoriasis. Patients can come to the office three times a week, and probably within four to eight weeks, they probably would have an excellent response. Their guttate psoriasis might clear and the disease might stay gone. If they can't come to the office, a home light unit might be appropriate. If they live someplace sunny, getting sun for guttate psoriasis may work. Yeah, and you also mentioned methotrexate previously. How effective is methotrexate or even cyclosporine in treating guttate psoriasis? Cyclosporine and methotrexate are both excellent treatments for guttate psoriasis. I don't like cyclosporine and methotrexate for the treatment of plaque psoriasis so much because plaque psoriasis is a long-term chronic disease. And when you give people cyclosporine or methotrexate over a long period of time, there's considerable risk. For example, cyclosporine will reliably over time destroy the kidneys. But if you were just using it for a short time, methotrexate or cyclosporine can be very safe. And since gut tape psoriasis probably only needs to be treated for maybe two, three months to get it cleared up, and when you stop the treatment, it may stay gone, it makes cyclosporine and methotrexate a better option. And how about combination therapy? Is that an effective treatment strategy for gut tape psoriasis? Combination therapy probably would be very effective for gut tape psoriasis, but I don't think it's necessary. Gut tape psoriasis probably responds well to single agent therapies with the phototherapy or systemic drugs combination therapy probably wouldn't be needed. So I noticed in July 2019, you were an author on an article published in the Journal of Drugs and Dermatology entitled Resolution of Gut Tate Psoriasis Plaque After One-Time Administration of Gaselcumab. Can you please talk about your findings regarding this particular case with the use of Gaselcumab? Yes. So I had a patient, a young woman who had typical gut tate psoriasis. She didn't have a history of extensive plaque psoriasis. She suddenly developed lots of little plaques all over the body. And in that situation, if you can get the gut tate psoriasis cleared up, then it may stay clear a long time. In the past, I might have done that with a few months of methotrexate. But nowadays, we have super effective, super safe, super long-lasting treatments like the interleukin-23 inhibiting drugs. And we were able to give this patient one dose of guselcomab, 
not even the full loading dose of one dose and then another dose four weeks later, just a single dose. And it cleared her gut tate psoriasis up and the disease didn't come back. At least for her, it, it turned out, it seemed to be a terrific treatment option. Whether it would be for large numbers of people, well, I can't tell from just this one case. And was there a reason you chose gaselcumab over other biologics such as IL-23s or IL-17s? At the time, I think it was the only IL-23 on the market. I, w- I think using IL-17s might have been a, a reasonable thing to try as well. The IL-23 drugs tend not to require very many doses. So, for example, in phase, I believe, phase one trial of kizumab, patients received one dose and many people stayed clear for six months or longer. So it seemed like giving an IL-23 was a good choice for a single dose treatment that could clear gut tate psoriasis and keep the disease from coming back. Is it possible treating strep throat with antibiotics will help resolve or diminish the impact of gut tate psoriasis? Yeah, so I don't have strong data to support it, but we do have the sense that gut tate psoriasis is caused by strep infection. And if you can prevent or treat the strep infections, presumably, logically, you would expect that it would have a beneficial effect on gut tate psoriasis. So when we see patients with gut tate psoriasis, giving them an an antibiotic that covers strep seems like a reasonable thing to do. And for people in the unusual circumstance of having recurrent gut tate outbreaks, I think putting them on a little penicillin and leaving them on penicillin to prevent strep infections, as is done for people with rheumatic fever, is a reasonable thing to try. So we've heard some people have tonsillectomies to resolve their symptoms of gut tate psoriasis and reoccurrence. Have you heard of this option? And in your opinion, do you feel like this is a viable option to resolving gut tate psoriasis in the long term, keeping in mind health outcomes and financial impact? So I've heard of doing tonsillectomy. I think there's a couple studies in the literature, but as you might guess, doing a study of tonsillectomy is a difficult thing to do, and the studies are not of of high quality and are not terribly informative. Since patients with gut tate psoriasis may get better, may not have the psoriasis come back for many years, if ever, with just simple treatments like phototherapy or a systemic drug, I don't think tonsillectomy is a practical approach for, for the typical patient with gut tate psoriasis. For a patient who had multiple outbreaks of gut tate psoriasis, tonsillectomy might be more of a consideration, but even then, you might be able to achieve the same effect just by giving patients a penicillin pill once or twice a day continuously to suppress strep. And I don't know that tonsillectomy would be any better than that. And even with the newer biologics, wouldn't that be considered as well? Uh, Yes. I mean, we saw the patient with gut tate psoriasis clear up and have the disease not come back with just one dose of a IL-23 blocking drug. I think that approach makes a whole lot more sense than sending somebody for surgery. And are there any treatments in the pipeline that show promise for treating gut tate psoriasis? That's a really interesting question. There are no studies, as far as I'm aware, being done of treatments specifically for gut tate psoriasis. However, I think the treatments in the pipeline for plaque psoriasis will probably be promising treatments for gut tate psoriasis as well. We already have a ton of injectable medications. I don't know that there's anything new coming that will be any major step forward from what we already have. There are some pills in development like JAK inhibitors, and they may be a useful tool for gut tate psoriasis as well. 
Do you have any final comments you would like to share with our listeners about gut taste psoriasis? So my final comment would be, and, and this is something listeners probably already know, is to make use of National Psoriasis Foundation resources. If you're here listening to this, you probably are already doing so. I find that the National Psoriasis Foundation resources to learn about the various treatment options for guttate and other forms of psoriasis are just outstanding. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Feldman, for the comment and your support. We greatly appreciate your time today and to discuss guttate psoriasis and for all you do on behalf of the foundation. Thanks for including me today. If you have an interest in what triggers psoriasis and what to do about it, contact the National Psoriasis Foundation, which is once again offering a free seasonal flares quick guide with tips to relieve stress and help tame flares all year round. You can request your copy of the seasonal flares quick guide by contacting the Patient Navigation Center by calling 1-800-723-9166, option 1, or by email at education at psoriasis.org. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Sound Bites for people with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. If you or someone you love has ever struggled with psoriatic disease, our hope is that through this series, you'll gain information to help you lead a healthier life and inspire you to look to the future. Please join us in a couple weeks for another inspiring podcast. You can find this or all future episodes of Sound Bites on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and the National Psoriasis Foundation webpage. To learn more about this topic or others, please visit psoriasis.org or contact us with your questions or comments by email at podcast at psoriasis.org.